Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. For the next segment, I'm not going to whisper one word about politics. We're going to speak with a hero. Yesterday, there was an Amber Alert issued. You certainly heard it here on these airwaves, and if not here, you heard it come through on your phone. And as you looked down and read the details, you quickly came to understand that what had happened was a vehicle had been stolen. And in the back seat of that vehicle, there was a strapped-in and secured little baby of 10 months old. I have occasionally shared with you sort of an evolution that I've experienced over the past year as I read stories like this, uh, now from the position of being a father of my own little baby. And it was uh, a similar experience yesterday. As soon as I read uh, the alert there, uh, my heart sank. And the the difficult thing was, uh, as soon as we heard the news, uh, I had to had to come get on the air and talk about politics. And if I'm honest, throughout the course of yesterday's program, uh, I was only half here. Uh, the other half of my mind was uh, was spent worrying about the the well being and the health and the safety of this little ten month old baby. Well, I'm happy to be able to tell you now that that little baby uh, has been reunited with her mother and family, and she's safe. And that those uh, 'er ne'er-do-wells who are suspected of having taken that vehicle and endangered that little baby, they've they've been taken into custody. The vehicle has been returned to its owner, and all is relatively well. Well, how did it go from Amber Alert to All is Well? Uh, Joining me on the line now is Tiffany Bingham. Uh, Tiffany Bingham, who uh, may be too humble to call herself uh, a hero, uh, I will do so for her. Uh, Welcome to the program, Tiffany Bingham. You are a hero. Hi. Well, thank you for having me. Tell me me what happened from the moment you looked down at your phone and saw an Amber Alert. First, where were you and, uh, and what were you thinking when that alert came through? Yeah, so I was at my house. Um, I have two little kids, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, So I was just sitting on the couch playing with my little boy um, when I opened my phone, and I actually saw on Facebook um, the Ogden police had posted about um, missing Amila and what had happened. And what did you do when you saw that alert? What were your your thoughts and feelings? Yeah, so I think, um, like you said, any parent um, who has, their kids and they can only imagine how absolutely terrifying. I mean, that's your worst nightmare for your child to go missing, let alone to be kidnapped. Um, and so I was sitting there playing with my two and a half year old and my heart just sunk. Um, and I just, 
I mean, every Amber Alert you see, you feel sad, but this one I felt just particularly drawn to and just absolutely heartbroken. I started crying and I turned my phone around and I showed my two and a half year old the picture um, of Amila and I just explained to him, I said, honey, this little girl, she's been taken away from her mommy and daddy. Um, and we need to say a prayer that she can get back with her mommy and daddy tonight. And I just kept felt, I kept feeling like I needed to say she needed to get back home with her mommy and daddy tonight. So, um, I helped them say the prayer, um, and the spirit was just strong and I just felt so drawn to this. And I said, amen. Um, and I pulled up my phone again and I got an alert, a notification that my sister, um, Mindy, Michelle had posted on our community page, she lives right across the street from me, and that she thought that she had seen um, the Acura from the Amber Alert. And so she um, called it into the police, and um, as soon as I saw that her post on the community page, I gave her a call and I said, Mindy, do you really think you saw that car here in our town? And she's like, I just have this feeling that this was really the car, that this was really them. Um, And so she said that she's out looking um, for Amila. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to come. I'm going to come join you, and I'm going to come look for Amila with you. Um, And so I strapped my two kids into their car seats, um, and I pulled out of my driveway. And as I pulled out, I saw my sister. Um, I didn't know it was her at the time, but I saw somebody running um, and I thought that that was really suspicious just down the road from me, running into some our neighbor's yard just yeah. a couple houses down. And I um, followed them, and I pulled right into the driveway as they were pulling into the front, as they were running into the front yard. And I said, and I noticed that it was my sister, Mindy, and I noticed what she was running at was this little baby, um, baby Yamila, had been left on the um, front porch of my neighbor's house. Um, and so we ran, and I got her out of her car seat, and my sister called 911, and we were able to help her be reunited um, with her family that way. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Mila, how was she when you came upon her? Was she crying? Was she was she warm? What was her condition? Yeah, so um, my sister, when she was out walking, she... I mean, obviously, when something like this happens, sometimes your brain goes to worst-case scenario, right? So she was looking. um, We live out in the rural country, and so the houses are far apart. Um, And so she was looking in the ditch um, to see, like, praying and just begging that this wasn't the case, but if she could find her in there. Um, When she thought that maybe if she was quiet, she could hear her cry. And so she was with her um, five-year-old daughter, and she told her, be quiet, let's listen. And um, we could hear, she could hear her fussing. Um, And so she was fussing. Um, Obviously, she had been in that car seat by the time we got her, was around um, 1240. And she was abducted at 1045. So that's quite a while for a little girl to be, um, a 10-month-old girl to be strapped in a car seat. So she was ready to get out of the car seat. I got I got her out of the car seat, and she was extremely happy from there on out. Other than a diaper change, though, it was apparent that she had not been harmed. She just needed, she had a very wet diaper. Yeah, you were able to change that for her? I asked the police, and they said I couldn't because it's a crime scene. But uh-huh. they did come and ask me for a diaper after. Oh, so, well, very good. <laughs> were you able to Were you able to uh, interact with the the baby's uh, the baby's family at all? 
Yeah, um, actually really cool. So Brescia um, has reached out, and we've been in contact, um, and we're going to meet um, all together at our house and kind of show her what happened this Saturday, kind of where we walked, where we found her and everything. Amazing. Well, I, I predict that uh, that the bond forged now between your family and the, the family of little Amila is probably going to endure for some time. What, what an amazing thing. You learning lessons here? What, what, would you, what would you share with others after being a part of experience like that? Yeah, you know, it has one thing that was really like struck me really strong is that so my dad pulled out right in front of this car and my sister pulled out behind them. And my dad had just got the alert, <clears throat> excuse me, on his phone and seen the Amber Alert. And he was asking my grandpa, like, what does that say? What alert did you just get to your phone? And he had no idea that the car was right behind him at the stop sign. Yeah. And my sister was right behind that car. And so one thing that I've learned is that with Amber Alerts, these people really are right there. Um, and so just open your eyes and really try to be as observant as you can to looking for these people because they're around us and that's why they send out the alerts. So I definitely learned to be more observant when these alerts are sent and to take them seriously. Tiffany, you and your sister Mindy are heroes, and I thank you for your service and your vigilance and your openness to whatever promptings it was uh, that led you to, to bring that baby to safety. Thank you so much, and thank you for sharing your story here on this program. Oh, well, thank you for having us. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a break right now, and uh, when we come back, we are going to return to politics. If you want to learn more details about the story you just heard, make your way over to kslnewsradio.com. It's a fascinating and a beautiful story. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to take one final look at politics today, specifically at the 4th Congressional District here in the state of Utah. We'll get an update on the numbers, and we'll speak to one of the candidates, Burgess Owens, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.